Welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna Show. I'm Dr. Deanna Holdren, your host. Join me weekly as I cover various health-related lifestyle medicine topics that you get to request. This show is for anyone who wants to proactively improve their health position. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. I am, again, excited to bring you another topic that is something that I've always been very, very passionate about. It's something that I have been aware of for at least the past 20 years and has definitely had an impact in my life. It's also had an impact uh, in the lives of my children and uh, all of those who know me. And that is the area of toxin awareness. Um, I can remember many, many years ago, probably 20 years ago, uh, reading a little study that talked about the fish, specifically the male fish in the Potomac River. And what they found was that the male fish had been feminized, something had feminized them, and that there was an increasing number of male fish who basically were intersexed or, you know, could basically produce eggs, which was a female fish function. And so the the scientists, the researchers were asking the question, why is this happening? And as scientists, we often look at, um, you know, fish and frogs, uh, things that are in the water uh, to kind of determine, you know, what's going on in an environment um, because they are thin skinned and typically are going to see some effects maybe before other animals would and that sort of thing. So anyway, what they discovered was that these fish were being feminized by chemicals that were actually pollutants in the water and that were having an estrogenic effect. Um, Many of these chemicals were coming from uh, different companies that maybe were dumping things into the water. Uh, Sometimes they were coming from pharmaceuticals. You know, when you look at water treatment facilities and and how we process water in our country, treatment facilities are, are basically there to eliminate bacteria, things that are harmful that are going to make you sick, it doesn't really filter out pharmaceuticals. And so, you know, as, um, you know, we saw an increase in, for example, birth control pills or hormone type products, um, many of those are excreted as active metabolites uh, in the urine. And again, that ends up making its way eventually into the waterways uh, through this whole cycle. And so on top of that, they found that there were, you know, again, these chemicals that were having an effect. So this was concerning to me. You know, I, I kind of thought about that for a while and I thought, you know, gosh, this just has, um, you know, some some potentially very devastating effects down the road on fertility. And so let's take a further look. Well, then I happened to um, look at a study that an endocrinologist did. An endocrinologist is somebody who studies hormones. And they basically studied the blood and urine um, from uh, young teenage girls who are using uh, cosmetics. And what they found were uh, alarmingly high levels of toxins in the blood and in the urine of these young girls uh, who were using cosmetics or personal care products. And what they found was that, uh, again, these high levels, uh, the endocrinologist basically said, you know, these uh, chemicals are entering their system through their skin, what they're using topically. Uh, and in fact, many of them, the majority of them are endocrine disruptors. Um, they will actually land or end up, uh, you know, um, uh, migrating to the ovaries. And many of these girls will eventually have trouble with fertility uh, because of the way these chemicals affect the ovaries. So we call those endocrine disruptors. 
And they are they are really uh, profuse uh, in society. They are are rampant in a lot of our personal care products, uh, cosmetics, uh, skincare products, hair care products, etc. And um, again, they they need to not be in there. So let me give you a little bit of a statistic on this because this is something you know I'm all about living at optimal levels, functioning at optimal levels, being healthy, being happy, um, feeling balanced, and you know just really thriving and living a vibrant life and. If there is something that I'm being exposed to or that my kids are being exposed to um, that is causing adverse effects, then I want to know about that. And I just want to try to eliminate it. I just want to do the best I can. You know, I know that we can never be 100% and we can't be perfect with it. But anything that we can eliminate, we should. It'll make a difference, right, in the long run. So um, uh, basically, with over 10,000 chemicals um, that are used um, to formulate cosmetics in the United States, only 11 of them have been banned by the FDA. So over 10,000 chemicals that are used to formulate cosmetics in the United States, only 11 have been banned by the FDA. Interestingly, 2,762 have been banned by the European Union. Okay, let that sink in for a minute. That is a huge, huge difference. And basically, um, you know, we know that these uh, parabens, phthalates, formaldehyde, formaldehyde donating preservatives, triclosan, which triclosan um, was an antibiotic that was just pervasive in kids hand sanitizer for many, many years, um, again, used as an antibacterial, and they found that it was very, very harmful um, to the system, um, PFAs, and just so many other chemicals that are there. And one of the things that people maybe don't realize, um, I know I didn't really uh, tie these two together until I started to really look at, at, at ingredients, but basically the skin is one of the largest organs of our body and it's actually responsible. It's got a lot of responsibilities, but one of those responsibilities is, is detoxification. Um, we actually can get things out through our skin. We also can get things in through our skin and in medicine, we use the transdermal method all the time or transdermal delivery for medications. It could be uh, a pain com- control patch, uh, blood pressure uh, medication, um, birth control patch, um, you know, nitroglycerin. If you're having, you know, chest pain and you go to the emergency room, you know, they're going to give you some nitroglycerin. And if that chest pain is alleviated, they're probably going to put some nitroglycerin paste on your chest wall. Well, you, again, what is that doing? It is absorbing through your skin and having an effect systemically. Systemically means throughout your entire body. So of course it matters what we're putting on our skin. It matters what cosmetics we use. It matters what body lotion we use. It matters what shampoo and conditioner we use. And so that's the reason that to me, it's important. You know, it's very difficult for me to learn the names of 10,000 chemicals and figure out, okay, what's safe and what's not safe. I mean, we've got our, our, you know, top 12 bad ones, that sort of thing that, that are, you know, more commonly known, but how does one, you know, live and, and know, well, what do I use? And basically, you know, I always say it's by partnering typically with a company that has uh, decided that this is what they're going to be about. They're going to produce clean products and and give you that assurance, okay? Uh, And there are many out there. So I want to encourage you there. But basically, just be aware. It does matter. And you might say, 
um, you know, gosh, well, you know, this is such a small exposure. Does it really matter? Um, yes, it does. And it does because many of these chemicals are cumulative. Imagine if it's a makeup that I'm using every single day. I'm putting this on my skin. It's absorbing um, through my skin into my system. And if it has those endocrine disruptors, like I mentioned uh, in the study with the uh, teenage girls, you know, again, that's going to accumulate uh, most likely in the ovary, probably in other places as well. And it's going to cause long-term adverse effects um, because of that toxicity and that buildup uh, that, that, that would be experienced there. So there's so much we can do. That's the exciting thing. That's what I love about um, functional medicine. Uh, that's what I love about what I do in my practice is that there are so many things that we can do uh, just to get a little bit better. And you might be looking at it and going, this is overwhelming. The amount of the number of products that I use, how can I possibly make a difference here? Start with one. Okay, start with one product, switch to a clean line, you know, make a difference there and then just, you know, keep adding on over time. And I promise in the long haul, it will make a difference. Okay, when I look at what's going on in medicine, you know, we see just absurd rates of cancer in our society um, amongst children uh, and adults. Um, we see incredible rates of autoimmune disorders uh, in our society. We see incredible rates of, you know, just different types of, you know, arthritis and inflammatory conditions and allergies and asthma and so many things. And I just know um, that if we clean up our diet, if we clean up our lifestyle, if we make things, you know, again, nobody's going to be 100%, but where we can avoid things or eliminate things, we should. It will make a difference in the long run. And we will live healthier, more vibrant lives and uh, feel good and feel balanced and so forth. So, And hopefully we'll have a dramatic improvement uh, in so many of these cancer statistics that we see out there. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, you know, just start reading labels and again, search out that um, company that that is safe uh, and that that you don't have to worry. Uh, they've made a, you know, that, that they have talked toxic ingredients, that they have made a commitment to providing products that are safe uh, to consumers. So thanks so much for joining me. Next week, we are going to be talking about a new topic. Um, I'm going to go into detail. This is one that has been requested by one of our listeners. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about sleep apnea. Are you having trouble, um, you know, waking up tired in the morning? Are you, um, you know, the person who's keeping the whole house awake at night? We're going to kind of look at the different types of sleep apnea. And, you know, most of the time people think that sleep apnea is something that is, um, you know, primarily people who are overweight struggle with. And that's not the case at all. There are plenty of other people who have no weight to lose and they still uh, have struggle with sleep apnea. So I hope you'll tune in for that as well. Thanks so much. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, visit me at DeannaHoldren.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Deanna Holdren. I really want to hear from you, so message me. I love taking your messages and creating topics from them. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share my show with those who have an interest in health and wellness. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.